Locked On Podcast Network and Bet Online present NFL Key Predictions. The local team experts of Locked On NFL give you the inside knowledge on the biggest games of the week and betting advice from the field's leading experts. You are Locked On NFL Key Predictions. Hey everyone, and welcome into NFL Key Predictions. I'm Jordan Black. With two divisional matchups on tap and all five games with serious playoff implications, Week 14 is shaping up to be another great slate of games around the NFL. We kick things off in the NFC East, where no one goes out looking to end the game in a tie, and yet the Giants played Washington to a stalemate in Week 13. New York now prepares for their third of four consecutive divisional games and currently sit in the sixth seed in the NFC playoff picture. Week 14 puts the toughest roadblock in their path now, the 11-1 Eagles. For Philadelphia, it's about continuing the pursuit of the number one seed and could have the added bonus of burying a divisional opponent in the process. Attacking a depleted New York secondary while exposing their suspect run defense could put this one out of reach early. Gino Camilleri from Locked On Eagles joins Patricia Trania from Locked On Giants to preview this divisional matchup for us. I get the impression that you're a little bit more optimistic about the score than I am. So let's hear what you have to say first. I've, it's not a biased optimism. It's, it's an optimism of proving me wrong. And every time I say, all right, they're going to prove me wrong this week. They're going to prove me wrong this week. Well, they've, they've proved me wrong and they've done everything that I expected them not to do. I didn't expect them to go on this run. I didn't expect Jalen Hurts to take that leap. I didn't expect the defense to settle in as well as they have. I thought this was a team that could be a three or four seed. I never thought they could be that number one seed. That is the most important thing. And that's what makes this game. Oh, so important is that one seed to see how close Minnesota is to see how close the Cowboys are in this conference right now. The Eagles can't slip up. And division games, they count as two wins in my book. You hand a loss to a division opponent, and you get that win. It's a two-game swing. And for the Eagles, if they prove me wrong, once again, they're going to do it by stopping the run. They're going to do it by having a good, sound offensive performance, not shooting themselves in the foot, not taking dumb, unnecessary penalties. Because if they do that, I believe that the Giants will come on top come out on top of this game. It could be a 2017 game in favor of the Giants. But Jalen Hurts is playing at an MVP caliber level right now. Nick Sirianni has his team juiced to a level that I never saw even Doug Peterson get this team to. This is a game that is huge. It, it should have been circled way before this season started, especially in this three-game road stand you have now. You're playing the Giants. You're playing the Bears. You're playing Dallas. You need this game. It might sound crazy that a one-loss team needs to win this football game. I think the Eagles continue to stay hot. I think it's 31-22 Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Giants will put some points on them. I think it'll be close, and then the Eagles will do what they've done in the fourth quarter nearly every single game and just open this thing up and, and maybe win by two scores. Okay, all right. You're kind of in the ballpark that I I was thinking, but – I just want to point out the last two years, the Giants and Eagles have split and the Giants rosters the last two years have left something to be desired. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, this year's roster, they have some good players on it, but there are positions in which they are weak. And Giant fans, you know what I'm talking about. 
You know, I'm talking about the receivers. You know, I'm talking about offensive line. Um, you, the linebackers, you, the, you know, how are they going to cover those RPOs that Philly seems to love to run, you know, all the time? There are some question marks. I see this Eagles team, and gosh, it pains me to say this, but I got to give credit where it's due. This is a loaded team. They have so much better talent right now than the Giants do in certain areas, certain key areas. And I think that, you know, I just don't see the Giants pulling this one out. I, I think if, if they do, it's going to be because the Eagles make mistakes and the Giants capitalize on them. Um, but otherwise, I think this is going to be 33, I'm going to go 33-17 Eagles. I don't even know that the Giants are going to be able to score 20 points. Wow. So I, I think this is going to be a, a little wider gap here. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but, uh, you know, the last few weeks, it, it's funny. Um, in writing the, the post-game scripts and everything like that, I've had to go back and forth and change stuff. I have a feeling this week my job's going to be a little easier because I think it's going to be – I'm going to be able to say Eagles have a, a, a comfortable lead. I hope I'm wrong. Because like I said, the last two years, the Giants have split with the Eagles. They've won the game at home. They've lost it at the at the link. Um, Giants are just too banged up. I, I do think Brian Dable, though, will have them ready to play. I think, you know, the attitude will be good. The energy will be good. I just don't think they have the juice to cross the finish line. Sorry, Giant fans. They were her words, not mine. I think the Eagles <laughs> have to win this one. But at the end of the day, the state that this division is in, I've said it multiple times on my show, the coaches, the personnel, it is only going to get better over the next couple of years. This division is going to be as competitive as any division in football, and that should make Eagles fans, Giants fans, Washington fans, and Cowboys fans that much happier. Because if they can get back to those years where the whole league runs through the NFC East, it's going to be very fun for us covering it here on the Lockdown Podcast Network for the next couple of years. Yes, and and to that point, Giant fans, it's going to get even better for the Giants. Give Joe Shane a healthy salary cap, which he will have next year. He'll have multiple draft picks. I think he's going to have something like 11 or maybe even 13 by the time it's all said and done. This team is on the upswing. They've got a lot of solid core pieces now. They now know what they need. What you know? What direction to go in? They'll have a full off season to work on it. You know, it's not like you know Shane's coming in at the end of January and then Dable's coming in the end of January and now oh by the way the coaching staff isn't complete until February. It's going to get better, Giant fans. I just don't know that you know this is the week that we're going to be able to sit here and and say you know yay you know upset. Hope hopefully though I'm wrong though. Usually you know it's funny sometimes when I pick against the Giants they surprise me. So we'll see. Bet Online has the coverage of the lines ahead of this matchup. This is Bet Online All Access. It's the Eagles and Giants this Sunday. Here's Drew Butler, Anthony Becht, and Jonathan Casillas. Playoff implications in the NFC Beast as the number one seed in the conference. Eagles head to New York to take on the Giants. Right now, the Eagles are six and a half point favorites. Yeah, too much firepower offensively for the Eagles. Defensively, they've been strong. 
Giants are improved. I just don't see them hanging in this one. I'm going to lay those points and take the Eagles. Yeah, I agree. Improved Giants team, but I think this Philadelphia Eagles team is even better than the team that won a Super Bowl a few years ago. They're that talented, and I think it'd just be too much to handle for the New York Giants. I got to take the Eagles and lay the points. I see a physical game here, and I think it's going to be close. A home divisional dog this late in the season. Give me the Giants plus six and a half. Thanks, guys. Get Eagles, Giants, and so much more on our full episode of All Access at BetOnline's YouTube channel. BetOnline, where the game starts. Mike White is the quarterback Jets fans never knew they needed so bad. While the 1-1 one one record since taking over under center might not be inspiring, the offense is performing more consistently, and the locker room has rallied behind the veteran backup turned playoff push QB. The Bills, meanwhile, continue their march toward the postseason and still have divisional work to do, mainly holding off the Miami Dolphins. Looking for their fourth consecutive win, Josh Allen and the Bills will continue to search for the offensive balance that helps bury opponents. John Butchko from Locked on Jets joins Joe Marino from Locked on Bills to preview this matchup for us. This is your opportunity, John. Are you going to predict the Jets to sweep the Bills in the year 2022? The floor is yours, sir. Well, I don't think I can because I picked the Bills to win the first game and the Jets won. So <laughs> and that's going to be my excuse because every time I pick against the Jets, I think people get mad at me. And, you know, fortunately, the Jets have been good this year. You know, in the past, Joe, I've always had to pick against the Jets because they've been so bad that it's just been impossible to pick them most weeks. This year, I'm on a string where I'm picking them practically every week, but not this week. This is a tough, tough venue for the Jets. This is an excellent Bills team. They're a tough team to beat once. I mean, I'm impressed that the Jets were able to do it the first time, but now they got to go up to Buffalo. Uh, they're not going to catch the Bills off guard. I don't think Mike White's going to throw four interceptions like he did last year when these teams played at the Meadowlands, but I just have a bad feeling about this one. And it, you know, last week, the Jets lost a heartbreaker in Minnesota. There were probably five or ten plays. Any one of them could have changed the outcome. And it was a frustrating loss, but it was a frustrating loss in part because you knew the Jets were going to have to come here. And banking that win against Minnesota would have been really important. I, I Look, I think the Jets will play a competitive game. I'm not expecting them to be completely blown out. I think this defense will keep them in the game. But like I said earlier, most weeks, the Jets will just need Mike White to go out there, play efficient football. They won't need a ton of playmaking out of their quarterback. They'll just need him to execute the offense. I think they need something more than that this week. And I'm not sure. And I, I like Mike White. He's made up, you know, he's really surprised me. I, I was not expecting him to play as well as he's played. And I think there will be better days ahead for Mike White. But this is a tough defense. This is a tough matchup. You know that Buffalo offense is angry after what happened in the first game. And the Jets defense should hold their own. But I've taken the Bills in this one 23 to 17. You want to you wanna talk about heartbreakers against Minnesota, John? No, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I brother, didn't mean to do. It. I didn't mean brother. to Brother, <laughs> you know, I'll be honest with you. I think what are the Je the the Vikings? Are they nine and two or something like that? I'm pretty sure they've had they've delivered nine heartbreakers, but I I don't think anything can top, <laughs> can top that Bills game, man. That was something else. Uh, I see it a lot like you do, John. I, I do. I think the Bills win this game. I have my score prediction as twenty-seven to twenty. Um there's certainly all the buzzy things that we can say about beating a team twice and going into Buffalo to do it. it seems like a tall order. Um, and I think that, I think the jets are positioned the best they can right now with Mike white, at quarterback with that strong defense and how he's unlocking the skill players. And I think that's really, really helpful. 
Um, but I, th- I think that Matt Milano and, and Jordan Poyer make up the difference for the Bills on defense, especially with, you know, the, the Jets wanting to rely a lot on yards after catch and in getting the ball in the hands of those playmakers. Those are really good space players that the Bills didn't have last time around and really led to some some sizable chunk gains after contact because look, Jaquan Johnson couldn't make tackles in space. I think that'll be a lot better this time around. And I think that Josh Allen is is out of his little turnover issue that he was having with um kind of that second half against Green Bay into the Jets game and and then of course Minnesota um where he's playing a lot more confident and I think that things have normalized more for the Bills on offense and they're in, you know they're going to be back home the Bills haven't played at home a lot at all this year not only is it one of those years that you have you know the Jets are in the same boat you only have eight home games and nine road games but you lost one of your home games to to go play in Detroit and your 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 schedule was already road heavy to start. And so I think the Bills are going to be really happy to be back at home for this ball game. They got extra time to prepare as well. You know, they played last on Thursday night. I think that will help them as well with the rest advantage playing at home uh, in, you know, the, the Jets. I, I I don't think it ends the season. My my buddy, Chris Schubert, he's a Jets fan. He's, he's a producer of draft dudes with me. And he feels like they have to win this game. Like they, it's a, it's an absolute must win for the Jets. I'd say, well, you got Detroit, Jacksonville, and Seattle coming up with Miami and week. You know, I think if you get three of them, you can. Now it obviously reduces your 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 margin, right? You kind of hope that you get that Vikings game to give you a little buffer for this one. Uh, but I think I think the Jets, it's all right there out in front of them, even if they don't get this game. But I, I I'm, I'm I mean the, the Bills are favored by almost ten points in this ball game. I I I don't think I don't think the Jets go in to Orchard Park and win, but uh, they're going to play the game (laughs) and we'll find out because I didn't think the Jets would win the first time around. And Zach Wilson went out and did all the things I said he couldn't do and they won the ball game. So it's going to be, it's going to be a good competitive ball game, but I have the bills coming out on top 27 to 20. All right. So there it is. We did the, uh, the storylines. We did the matchups. We did the predictions. We did the thing here, John, we did all the stuff we were supposed to do on crossover Thursday. Look, Maybe we'll do it again. Maybe maybe there's a little January matchup between these two teams. So maybe there's a third Bills-Jets crossover discussion uh, coming uh, to everyone later this year. But uh, uh, both teams in, in good spot here to to go on a run and, and get to the postseason. And you know I think that would make both fan, fan bases quite happy. But only one will be happy at the end of the day on Sunday. And BetOnline has the coverage of the Lions ahead of this matchup. This is Bet Online All Access. It's the Jets and Bills in a huge AFC East matchup this Sunday. Here's Drew Butler, Anthony Becht, and Jonathan Casillas. A huge matchup in the AFC East. The Bills are laying nine and a half at home, Anthony. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, the Bills are obviously the favorite in the AFC. I really think that going against the Jets defense will be a struggle. Mike White brings a different perspective offensively for the Jets. I think they take it and keep it close. I'm going to take those points with the Jets. A little disrespect, especially when the Jets won the first meeting. Ah, too many points for me for the Bills. I got to go with the Jets. I think they're their emerging team, and they're playing some good football right now. Yeah, a lot of hype for Mike White, but he's no Josh Allen. I like the Bills at home, lay the 9.5. Thanks, guys. Get Jets, Bills, and so much more on our full episode of All Access at BetOnline's YouTube channel. BetOnline, where the game starts. What's up? Oh, I'm just compiling all the top sports scores, news, and odds so I can make the very best picks. Me too. 
BetOnline.net. Get into the action anytime, anywhere at BetOnline.net. Well, was that a blip or a trend? That's the question on Dolphins fans' minds following an ugly performance from Tua in Week 13. Now, that loss aside, Miami knows that the division and the number one seed are very much up for grabs, and they'll look to get back on track against a dangerous Chargers squad. Justin Herbert and those Chargers have a three-game win streak under their belts, yet they're still just 500 on the season. The bigger question as the team gets healthy, can the play calling match the talent? Brandon Staley is very much on the hot seat, so beating the Dolphins would go a long way to getting the Hounds off his back. Kyle Krabs from Locked on Dolphins joins Daniel Wade from Locked on Chargers to preview the AFC matchup. Okay, David, uh, home team, so you get to choose. Do you want first or second prediction and then any final thoughts that you may have as we get ready to, to shut down this crossover Thursday? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go first just because this is a home game for the Chargers, uh, you know, a game that got flexed into uh, Sunday night football there. Uh, I think this is a seven. It's going to be seven primetime games. I don't, I don't know. They'll probably get flexed out against the, the, the Colts later on in the season. But if it stands right now, I mean, it's seven primetime games for the Chargers. And can they get a win? I mean, I, th- that's the big thing. It's obviously extremely important to them. They have to win either one of these next two games against the Dolphins or against the Titans to really put themselves in any kind of position to win. Unfortunately for the Chargers, I just don't feel like it's going to happen. I just feel like the Chargers are so injured, and I don't know if they're going to be able to match points with the Dolphins, which you know makes me sad to have to say I I think the Dolphins are probably going to win this one. I do think it's going to be close because that's all the the, the Chargers That's all we know. Yeah, that's all they play is close games. They, they keep it close, and that's because of Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's fantastic. I mean, he he really elevates everyone around him, and, and he really tries to put the entire team on his back. But that's why the Chargers can't win, because they just don't have enough balance, and they can't stop the run to save their life. So I feel like it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be somewhat high scoring. Uh, I think I'm going to go 34-31, but unfortunately with the Dolphins taking the win. Yeah, I know over at Ben Online, the, uh, the game total for this was, I believe, 52 points. And the safest thing I can tell you is smash the over yeah. of 52 points yes. in this game. Uh, I, you know, I, I generally agree with, with kind of your perspective, David. Uh, it's going to be a heart attack inducing game. I'm sure there's going to be blow for blow. There's going to be big plays. Yeah. There's going to be yards. It's who can avoid the negative play in crunch time, uh, who can protect the ball best. And who can you know establish the best balance offensively? And I think that for me is you've seen flashes from Miami. Uh, yeah. I know the the Chargers have uh, really balanced play from Austin Eckler, but it's balanced in receiving yards and rushing yards with about this is like five fifty a piece or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean he he's been a huge 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 impact. But I think Miami has had some experience against big play quarterbacks thus far this season like Lamar Jackson, like Josh Allen, and they've zoned those teams up and they've made them nickel and dime their way down the field. And then they try to bow up and play Ben don't break defense. And I, and I think that you will see that maybe one more time than the chargers are able to do it. Uh, my prediction coming in was, was 31 27. So we're right in the same ballpark, uh, but a bounce of the ball could send this thing either way. And it, it's going to be a very thrilling 60 minutes for both sides. And that online has the coverage of the lines ahead of this matchup. Welcome to Bet Online All Access. It's the Dolphins and Chargers on Sunday night. Here's Drew Butler, Anthony Becht, and Jonathan Casillas. It's a Sunday night football matchup of two great young quarterbacks. The Dolphins are three point favorites on the road. 
Yeah, desperation game here for the Chargers. A home dog. I think Herbert steps up, plays well. They're banged up, but I think they're they're going to come out the winners of this game. I think Tua goes out there, man, and lights the thing up. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think they're going to get back on track from that hard loss they had against the 49ers. This defense for the Chargers is not like the 49ers defense. Later points taking the Dolphins. Do the Chargers have an answer for this Miami passing attack? LA's been so inconsistent all season long, but like Anthony said, it's desperation time. I'll take the home dog here. Give me the three points with LA. Thanks, fellas. Get Dolphins, Chargers, and so much more on our full episode of All Access at BetOnline's YouTube channel. BetOnline, where the game starts. Tampa Bay remains atop the NFC South after a last-second win over the Saints in Week 13. Now, although many question just how far the Tom Brady-led Bucks can go in the postseason, they at least seem poised for another playoff appearance. Meanwhile, the 49ers will turn to their third quarterback of the season as Brock Purdy will look to steady the ship and allow the defense to lead the way. David Harrison from Locked on Bucks joins Brian Peacock from Locked on 49ers to look at this coast-to-coast -coast bout. One of the reasons I'm sure that the Buccaneers throw the ball short is because of what's going on with the offensive line. That happens to be the strength of the 49ers defense is that defensive line. I just mentioned Nick Bosa. He had three sacks last week. He's playing at a super high level. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of calls, so uh, I, I think maybe your left tackle over there might feel a little bit better in this game, just seeing how many flags come his way. Um, but it does seem like a bit of a mismatch and why the 49ers might really, really keep scoring down from that Buccaneers offense despite having the goaded quarterback is just that matchup of 49ers defensive line versus uh, Buccaneers offensive line. Is that the one thing that worries you? And do you think you'll just see more of the same of throwing it short because you don't want to get your quarterback killed? Yeah. So, you know, going back to the loss that the Buccaneers had against Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh, I told our listeners and viewers that it looked to me like Tom Brady doesn't trust his offensive line and this coaching staff doesn't trust uh, the offensive line. And, and I think that that still is there. And I think you're hundred percent correct when you say that, but I do believe that this offensive line has gotten better and they maybe deserve a little bit more faith and trust than they've been getting uh, as of late. There were, I guess, the Monday Night Broadcast was kind of talking about Tom Brady not having as much time as you would want. And I'm sure on some reps, of course, that was that was obviously going to be true. But by and large, they're night. I mean, everybody in the press box on the Bucs side of, of the coverage was kind of talking about, like, Tom, you need to take your time. And maybe he was getting the ball out a little bit faster than he needed to. And again, you know, pressure is cumulative and, and all those other cliches. And that's very true. Um but losing Tristan worse is, is, is huge. So, like, the fact that they got that win while Tristan is wearing a boot. And I know Jason Light came out on, on uh, Wednesday and was like, well, he Tristan might actually become day-to-day -day sooner than people really expect him to. But that doesn't mean San Francisco. Like, San Francisco doesn't have to worry about Tristan worse stepping on the field. And then, obviously, the Bucs. Um, actually, I wanted to ask you guys. I saw that Nick Bosa's got a hamstring injury and didn't practice on Wednesday. I don't know if that's a legit concern. Because uh, no, never celebrate an injury, right? But Bucks fans will be really happy not to see Nick Bosa <laughs> on the field. And so will Donovan Smith and, and Josh Wells, for that matter. But even if Nick isn't on the field, you guys know, you know, and you can tell Bucks fans, they still got talent on that. Like, it's not just Nick Bosa's gone. Okay, you don't got to worry about the pass rush anymore because they got a lot of talent. And I think Josh Wells, 50.5 pass block grading in his first start, uh, replacing Tristan Wirfs. And I know that PFF, you know, some people love that stuff. Some people completely discard it. But you know, 50.5 is a significantly low grade, even if you don't necessarily like the way that they grade. Um, and three total pressures given up against Cam Jordan, who played a little bit more in coverage than I think a lot of people are used to seeing uh, Cam Cam do. So I think if Cam is rushing as much as maybe everybody expected, that that number goes up a little bit. But I think that, yeah, Nick Bosa by himself, but then also the fact that this already banged up offensive line is now playing with Josh Wells as their starting right tackle versus a, a sixth man on the field is definitely concerning.
yeah, I don't like that matchup for the Buccaneers at all. And to answer your question, Nick Bosa, uh, the vibe I get with b- three really key players for the 49ers, Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, they're all dealing with some minor stuff. And I think they're just being smart and holding those guys out early in the week. We'll get a better picture later on in the week um, and hopefully have more tomorrow on our final podcast of the week to, to really uh, have a better idea if they have a, a a bigger role in practice on Thursday. But um, as of now, I would expect all three to be able to play, but there is, you know, that, that there's that, you know, that, that little thing there. It's like, you know, you could have a setback. You, you know, you never really know. Especially hamstrings. I mean, you never know. It's always secretive. It could happen pre-game warmups, right? We're always like, oh, he's going to be out this week. So definitely something to monitor for the 49ers that, uh, that, that there's some guys dealing with some soft tissue stuff and, a little knee irritation is what they're calling it for Christian McCaffrey, which that's not a real thing. So I wonder what really is going on there with Christian McCaffrey, but it uh, sounds like those guys are going to try to play through it for their rookie quarterback. Um, I'm going to save my prediction for tomorrow's show, but Croc, do you want to give your prediction on this one? Do you have a fully formed prediction about what this is going to look like with the 49ers and Bucks Sunday? This is tough because you know, Tom Brady's record against guys in their first start. Now I think probably most of those 90% of those, if not all of them, were when he was with New England. I don't know, has he been in that situation with Tampa Bay? So is that a little bit of Bill Belichick mystique and what he's done to young quarterbacks and not just guys in their first start. I mean, it's guys in their first year. He has destroyed those guys. So that has a lot to do with it. Can Tampa Bay have the same effect on Brock Purdy? I think right now, at least what we've seen is 49ers can figure out how to have a competent offense around him. You have a run game. He can lean on Christian McCaffrey. So it's like, hey, you don't have to be the guy at any point in this game. And you hope that the Tampa Bay offense continues to look like what it looked like, which is kind of protrude. It hasn't been very good. So I still say this game will be closer because I think, you know, the rookie will somewhat come down to earth and have some moments where you'll say those are rookie moments. But I still pick the 49ers to win by four points, 21 to 17. That's, that's a good score prediction. Yeah, how do you how do you see it going? Dave? Mine is mine is very similar, under, actually. Over under, by the way, is thirty seven. Sorry to interrupt for this one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my my score prediction is actually very very similar. I didn't know that Brady versus rookies getting their or first start quarterbacks uh, stat. That's that's a very interesting stat. But I do know that Tom's undefeated in San Francisco. I mean, it's only one time, right? He was on the IR the other time that he had a chance to to travel to San Francisco. So I get it. it's a very small sample size. I was actually but at that game, were you nice? A, yeah, very nice. I feel like Tom like. I mean, everybody knows Tom was a Montana fan. He's a Niners fan. Like he's he grew up wanting to play in. I mean, it wasn't that stadium, but in San Francisco, right? Like he wanted to play, and I don't think that's really a secret. I don't think anybody should be butthurt about that. But so I feel like even with all the struggles that we've seen, even with some of the self-containing issues, I feel like this is a game where you kind of see a little bit of classic Tom Brady. I think last time he was in San Francisco was what 200, 280 or so yards and and a lot of touchdowns. I remember that. Um, I think everything conventionally says you should lean San Francisco, honestly. And, and again, with Wednesday injury reports, I'm with you guys. I'm not assuming anybody's missing time based off of Wednesday. So if Nick's there, Debo's there, Christian's there, especially Christian or Kittle against Devin White, which I think Kevin, Kyle Shanahan is going to try to exploit uh, as much as he can. All the conventional wisdom in the world says you got to take San Francisco. But my gut, guys, says Tampa Bay 24-17. And Niners listeners and viewers, listen, you're probably going, okay, Homer, got it. But look <laughs> – Tweet the Bucs fans. They'll tell you. I will tell you if I think the Bucs are going to lose this game. And I will freely admit right here that all the conventional NFL wisdom, football wisdom in the world says you should pick the Niners. I, I acknowledge that. But, guys, I mean, my gut says, yeah, my gut says 24-17 Tampa. And, and there's not a whole lot of X's and O's reasons I can give you for it, but that's just what I think is going to happen. <laughs> 
Tom Brady's mystique is is real and yeah. it's earned and it's there for a reason and, and coming back home and um, you should never be shocked if he's able to pull out a win like this. And aside from a rookie quarterback, everything does point the way of the San Francisco 49ers. But how does that rookie quarterback perform is going to go a long way in deciding who wins this football game. And that's why it should be so much fun. Now from Locked on Bets, here's Lee Sterling. This is Lee Sterling from Locked on Bets and Paramount Sports with your bet online prediction for the game between the San Francisco 49ers at home laying three and a half points as they take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, as great a job as quarterback Brock Purdy did for San Francisco on Sunday, he was inserted into the game and the Miami Dolphins didn't know what to expect and I think it also helped him out, helped his nerves. He didn't have to prepare all week, thrown in there, uh, just did an incredible job. And also, don't forget, has some pretty strong talent around him at running back with McCaffrey, uh, tight ends, receivers. I mean, uh, this is a strong team. But now, all of a sudden, Tampa Bay will have a week to digest the film on him. And he was really good in college at Iowa State. But he was third string for a reason. So I just think that this Bucks defense, which is really good and only allowed more than 23 points twice this season will be ready for this game. In fact, the Buccaneers, in their 12 games this year, the under has come in 10 of those 12 games. So usually when you have a low total and you have unders that keep hitting, you look to the underdog and who is going to doubt Tom Brady. Boy, did he look good in the last five minutes of the game. He rallied his team to another win. They're finally 6-6. Six and six. So, I'm going to take the points here. Take the three and a half points. The wrong team is favored. We're going to say Tampa Bay outlasts and also pulls the upset here, 1916 over San Francisco on Sunday. For more, subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Today's show is also brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. Find Think Like a Champion now wherever you get your podcasts. Think Like a Champion is a brand new podcast from Russell Wilson and Audible. Russ is a champion on the field, we know, but off of it, we really get to know the grind on the path to success. Russell Wilson, alongside co-host Harry Wilson and the late Trevor Mawad, dig into how high-performance athletes, artists, and leaders push the boundaries of their potential. So head over to Locked On Presents for a sneak peek of Think Like a Champion or catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcast. It's available everywhere now. Audible, get in the game. The Patriots are just one game out of the final wildcard spot and have one of the more dysfunctional teams on the schedule in week 14. QB Mac Jones is calling for the team to be more explosive in their offensive play calling, but for this week, at least, all that matters is getting the win. For Arizona, if you have a question, they certainly do not have the answer. Will the head coach be fired? Is Kyler Murray still a franchise QB? Does anyone still want to play this season? Nonetheless, with five games left to go at a minimum, the character of these coaches and players will be put to the test. Mike Diabati from Locked on Patriots and Alex Clancy from Locked on Cardinals have the preview for this one. And here we are week 14 with trajectories for both teams murky for the future in different ways um, a little bit clearer path for the Patriots in 2022 because they still are an arm's reach away from a playoff spot but 
we're here now with two organizations that have had a completely different 20 year journeys over the last 20 years. And the Patriots are starting to show some sort of vulnerability for the first time in a long time. And the Cardinals, if they want to win, will need to exploit the Patriots roster by being less talented than the Cardinals roster. That's just a dictionary definition of talent. And I believe that the Cardinals have more talent on their roster than the Patriots do. And I don't think that's far-fetched to think, right? Mm. No, I would agree with you. I would agree with you in that regard. Uh, when you take a look at the team top to bottom, especially at the offensive skill positions, no question about it. You look at what uh, Arizona is able to put out, and Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins would easily each be the number one receiver here without even batting an eyelash. I don't even think it's it's a question of whether or not that would be the case. Um, you know, there's always, always opportunities for you to maybe argue the defensive side of the ball with guys like Matt Judon. Maybe there's, you know, a little edge there, but yeah. You know, there's Zayvon Collins, there's Isaiah Simmons that you mentioned, J.J. Watt, all different kinds of players that really make up both of these rosters. But from top to bottom, yeah, I would say in terms of on-paper talent, Arizona does have the edge. This was a matchup that worried me when they did make the schedule out because of the amount of ways that Arizona uh, had uh, to be able to beat you. Yeah, and, and I thought about it a little bit different way when I saw the schedule come out. I was like, that's going to be a mental test for the Cardinals. doesn't matter what the record is because mm -hmm. it, it doesn't – and. This isn't a let's slurp Bill Belichick 30-minute, you know, just 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 a conversation. But it's like when you put Cliff Kingsbury and mm. Bill Belichick on the same field on opposing sides of the field, I mean, first of all, obviously there, there's no comparison. And also his ability to scheme better than, again, one of the best defensive coaches, you know, we've ever seen doing it it placates the offensive skill position, you know, gap between the two. And that's kind of, it's the great equalizer is what I should say. Bill Belichick is a great equalizer in any sort of situation. Now, having said that, this team could definitely use Josh McDaniels. Tell you what, <laughs> because the, the player that worries me the most on both sides of the field is Ramondre Stevenson. I wanted the mm -hmm. Cardinals to draft Ramondre Stevenson. I thought Ramondre Stevenson was going to be exactly what we're seeing him become in the second half of last season through this year because he played, did he play in two different, did he start at Ohio state and then go to Oklahoma? I know Trey I, Sermon did. I think he played a couple different years and then he had his blowout year his last year there. Yeah. People started mm -hmm. to realize who he was. I'm like, even if they have Damian Harris, they drafted him. I'm like, this dude's going to be the RB one. Yeah. He's got the skill set, and they're unlocking his pass catching ability now. And he could be an absolute terror if they have any sort of wide receivers to keep the defense honest and not stack eight in the box and just spy on Ramondre Stevenson. Let me ask you, is Ramondre Stevenson as good as advertised? I believe so. Uh, really, what he's done this year, not just in coming up big in the absence of Damian Harris, who's had his injury and illness history throughout the year, and now with the thigh injury, we're not completely sure what his status is going to look like for this week. We're told he's week to week. Again, did not practice, uh, missed um, you know, the Buffalo Bills game. So you almost have to assume that Damian is going to be out as opposed to him being in there. Ramondre has essentially carried the load, the entire load for the Patriots running game. Uh, the only relief that he gets, and he hardly got any relief last Thursday night, played all but one offensive snap for the Patriots and yeah. a running back. Very unusual for a running back to get that many carries, that many opportunities, and that many snaps. But he can only be spelled by a pair of rookies, Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris. Both guys that can really make contributions to this team, but Again, rookies, very green, very difficult to get 
any type of meaningful production out of them. And J.J. Taylor is the only um, veteran on this team right now. He's on the practice squad. So it's been the Ramondre Stevenson show. And not only has he been very good on the ground, but he's been excellent catching the ball out of the backfield. The problem is he's not getting the opportunities to be able to run as much as he had because defenses are zeroing in on him. And it's because of the reason that you pinpointed very, very accurately, Alex. It's because there's not a lot of pass catchers right now that are taking the attention away from the defense. They're zeroing in on Ramondre and they're preventing him from being able to beat you. One player and two draft picks. I moved up to draft from Andre Stevenson at the back end of my dynasty draft. Before people, I'm like, you're going to give me the last pick in the first round and nobody drafts. I'm like, thank you, pocket. <laughs> and now everybody's like, well, how'd you know? Watch college football. Watch college football. And it's not just Lincoln Riley's system. The dude was absolutely special. Okay. Yeah. Let's do predictions. We're going to wrap up here. Um, I know we're both going to give our full you know, synopsis breakdown of this game on Friday slash Monday as we go into as we go into the game Monday night. Do the Patriots win this game? Mike debate of locked on Patriots. I do believe they will. I don't believe it's going to be easy. I think this is going to come down to the Patriots' ability to find opportunities in the red zone. I think this is finally going to be the week where that clicks. Arizona's defense, again, as I said in previous segments at their difficulty with red zone defense this time around. So mm -hmm. I look at the New England Patriots to utilize play action, maybe change a little bit of their strategy, listen to what Mac Jones is telling you, and that is throw the ball a little bit more, give me an opportunity to show what I can do, even in short yardage situations. He's sick of the five-yard checkdowns in the middle of the field, but he'll take them in the red zone, and I think that's what they do this week. I think you're going to see Hunter Henry get involved a little bit, and you might even see Devontae Parker as a red zone threat this week. Uh, Jacoby Myers is the wild card right now. He took a pretty nasty hit last week in the Buffalo Bills, uh, left with a head injury. He didn't practice uh, yet on uh, Tuesday. We'll see if he returns to the field on Thursday, but even without Myers, I think the Patriots have enough to be able to carry themselves to victory. I like New England in this one, 24-21. But, again, it is not going to be easy. I think Arizona gives them all they can handle on both sides. Yeah, and, I, and, and I'll mirror those sentiments. Uh, I, I don't think the Cardinals win this game. And it's not like – I feel bad when I when – I, because I, I've said that a lot this season. Um, but I trust the Cardinals to execute until one thing goes wrong. Mm -hmm. And when one thing goes wrong, the wheels fall off. And I think that's leadership. I think that's stability, and I don't think the Cardinals have it when things aren't in a vacuum. I've been saying it since 2019, even last year. Bad penalties, bad timeout calls, and just, you know, the lack of synchronicity on the offensive side of the ball. The defense is not built to win games for the Cardinals. The offense is built to win games. The defense right. is built to set the stage for the Cardinals' offense to eat. And as I've said for my listeners this whole season pretty much, the Cardinals offense has been fasting during a majority of this mm -hmm. season, leaving the defense high and dry. They're giving up. I think the most points in the NFL at this point are close to it. And the defense is not built to win games. It's right. built to be a C plus student, not an honor roll student. Like the offense is trying to get them to be when they are so futile and putting up points at the time. I think I'll take yours. I think 24, 17, 24, 20 Patriots, Week 14 will continue the late season trend of pitting division rivals against one another as the playoff picture unfolds for all of the champion hopefuls. Each and every week, we'll continue to bring you all of the insight and analysis from across our Locked On Network. 
Thank you so much for joining us this week. I'm Jordan Black, and this has been NFL Key Predictions.